1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. We are back! Dry Spooko is done. Resha's what's up. Um, it's very, very exciting. We often speak about how these intros reveal how simpatico we are. And so I'll say something off the dime, and you'll be like, Peach, you've done it again. Uh, how did you know that was my frame of reference? Now, you might remember a couple of weeks ago I had an idea for a film called Big Scary Data.
0: <laughs> I mean, you didn't you didn't really have, a, have an idea as such as we played an improv game, and I think we we got to that time, like, I mean. I'm not
1: sure if you know how low on creativity the rest of my life is, Shag, because that's like the most creative thing I've done in six months. (laughs) So I created a film uh, universe, a cinematic universe, based on big scary data. What, Shag, you have done in the meantime is create a podcast called Evil Agency Which, if it was to have an alternative name, I suspect you would agree, a good alternative name would be Big Scary Dad. That's so
0: true. (laughs) Peach, I was actually going to ask, and, you know, we talk about, like, how on air we just hash stuff out because this is the only time we get to chat. Do you Mm. think at the end of this episode, after we do the, and Resha's, what's up? And there's a beat. Yep. I could put a little ad for Evil Agency at the end. I
1: actually think yes. I think we're... I think, sorry, firstly, yes. And, I, and I'm saying yes from my coffee in a case note perspective. Like people like sort of cross-fertilizing like that if you are chill about it. So on LinkedIn, when I shout out Spooker, I'm like, hey, I'm wearing a suit, but I do a horror movie podcast. People are like, oh, Peach, <laughs> are you fucking serious? Do you have a nickname? And do you do something other than talk about lore? And I'm like, mm, I might have a little old nickname over here. People will flip. And Shag, hearing you in like... Your job sort of, <laughs> you've got a degree of playfulness you bring to evil agency, but you're also the grown-up in the room. Like so, you're like, so it sounds like data's, you know, it's a mixed blessing. Let's take a look about just how mixed that blessing is. And I'm like, well, oh, Shag, I'm coming with you on this journey. Evil agency. Pause this podcast now and do check it out. What you'll get from it is um, what you get from the best bits of Shag creativity, which is a curiosity journey. So, Shag, like, like we sp- I speak about this behind your back and I probably don't, don't say it to your face enough. One of your huge strengths is your strength as a curator, right? You're able to assemble um, an experience for people and guide them through it. And so one of the big problems we've all got, one of the big issues we've all got with contemporary society is, like, what does it mean that my fucking phone's listening to me and that Alexa can get hacked so that it turns into a witch's cackle or some shit in the middle of the night? You are also curious about that, but you're more eloquent... With your curiosity and you take us with you. Evil Agency, I give it a thorough recommendation from having listened to all the episodes. I thoroughly recommend it. If you're a fan of Shag, or if you're a fan of Spooker, if you're a fan of, you know, podcasting in general, it's a fabulous listen. Shag congrats. Peach, on
0: I mean, any episode that starts with a massive compliment to me is already one of my favorite mm. episodes of all time. So well done.
1: But top ten. Top ten but, already. It's but awesome. We
0: are so in sync because you talk about creativity. Something that I realized this week, when mm. thinking about the film we're going to do, is mm. how over the course of now 145 episodes of Spooko horror for me. I know
1: you don't count intermissions. The intermissions they're, are really good, good and fun. They're firm. good, but sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't interrupt. Yeah, no, no, I'm that's fine. Yeah, that's no. fine.
0: But I, I think when I started this podcast, for me, mm. horror was almost like a shameful pleasure. I talk about the fact that it took oh, me a yeah. while to be honest with myself about how when I go on holidays and bring a book, I'm going to stop trying to bring the New Yorker's top 10 most important reads of the year and I'm just going to bring a fucking horror novel where awful things happen to 16s on an island (laughs) off the coast of fucking Maine or whatever, right? Like, that's what I want to do. But but it's gone from being like this shameful pleasure to me truly appreciating the genre. And what I want to talk about today is, based on the film we're doing, is I think, Mm. In horror, you get true creativity. You get a true appreciation of film and art in general as a real blank canvas. Now, obviously, in painting, that's not a metaphor. That's just all painting is. But, but,
1: painting has a lot of <laughs> blank canvases I too mean, you as gotta, well. you got to start somewhere.
0: <laughs> but, like, but, but in art, mm. you start with a blank canvas and then you can make that do whatever you want. And in most other genres of film they adhere Mm. to very strict guidelines of not only what the genre is supposed to do, but what happens in reality. And horror.
1: Well, well, not to hash out a little bit of a mini disagreement you and I sort of had, like you did interrupt me when I was working through the structure of horror films a little while ago. And they suggested it was quite formulaic. It's formulaic. I guess.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Look, everything has formulas and I'm not saying that. I guess Mm. when it comes to horror, horror treats reality as a blank canvas rather than something that can't be Yes. Popular. And even science well done, fiction well goes, what would reality look like in a hundred years? But it's still basically like everyone has jobs and things happen and whatever, right? Like
1: I, I do feel like science fiction is really quite limited of like, oh, this is like a Terminator-y type science fiction. It's like, oh, this is pretty much Blade Runner universe. And it's like, oh, this is pretty much Matrix universe. <laughs> no, but <they're> still like... <laughs> like there's like four different types. No, there's
0: two types of science fiction. It's either... The future has going to be thumbs up, or the future going to be thumbs oh, yeah. down. <laughs> They're the two types. Star,
1: Star Trek versus Terminator, Basically, yeah, I right? It. Like, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's that. So, with that in mind, I think the premise for today's film, in any mm. other genre, like in a comedy, it would have been like a, like a lol, I can't believe this is happening, but then it would become a very conventional film about people finding love yep. and whatever. I, I can't, I can't really think of any other genre it would fit into. But in horror, it makes perfect sense. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm not going to say anything else. Peach today. Sick. We're doing a like an international co-production between Iceland, Sweden and Poland and the special source of A24 from 2021. This is a film called Lamb.
1: Let's go. <sighs> At a graveyard, pretty spooky spot. I'm in. Mean, uh, sick. Yeah, let's go. Shag, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> I, this, is, this is what I mean, right? Uh, also, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i sure if you haven't seen this film and you haven't heard of this film, that trailer doesn't do any favors. It's always really tough when we get a trailer that's just not in English. I'm always like, what do I edit in? So it's going to be interesting to hear what I actually, what you just heard. Because that's me getting to the editing suite being like, what do I include here? To give you a, a taste of this trailer without any visual.
1: Shake how many songs are like AAA certified bangers. There's like like what is it that Led Zeppelin song that was oh, in School song. of Rock yeah. and in thought. Yeah, okay. Um that Beach Boys one I think probably knows, like an eleven or up, ten. Yeah. yeah, okay. Like are there is there like three others? There's pro- like I guess there's probably five songs. Limp Biscuits rolling, I guess. <laughs> I was watching a if I was watching a preview yeah. that was like edited to go like rolling, rolling, I'd be like, yeah, okay. That's probably one of them. I do a
0: bit of DJing and mm. there's probably a hundred songs at any one time is what's that up. you can play in any room that will bring everyone to the dance. Mm. One song.
1: You had the Dre 2001. Was it next yeah, episode? Yeah, that's a song
0: that's never left. You know, that, that is a song that is so entirely universal. From a similar era, No Scrubs by TLC. like Because yeah, wow. it doesn't even matter if, if you're like 16. Well, actually, I don't play to 16. But if you're a late teen, early 20-something who I do play to and I play that song, mm. somehow you know it. Yeah, it's fine. probably the TikTok effect, but it's like there are certain songs that are ageless. That, for me, is how I categorize these triple A, five-star songs. Sick. Anyway, anyway.
1: One day. Oh, sorry, go no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no.
1: No, I'm having fun. <laughs> I've forgotten about drinking, and it's it's the best. <laughs> Anyone who hasn't tried drinking, really, give it a crack. <laughs> give it a try. Is that like, can Get we legally
0: it? say that in a podcast? Surely there's, there's issues <sighs> with you saying that.
1: Oh, oh, I (laughs) drink responsibly. Yes. Everyone should try drinking responsibly. Get amongst that responsible drinking. I've had a beer and another sip of another beer and I'm having the best time ever. uh,
0: So this film, Lamb, from 2021, Mm. a multi-European A24 joint, starts in Iceland. A place that I hear is beautiful but a little bit boring and very expensive. Anybody from Iceland, confirm or deny. (laughs) Um, In Iceland, I also heard they've got a really good hot dog store in Reykjavik, which I'm like, you know, when, when I look up places I want to travel to, the first thing I look at is what are the top 10 cheap eats? Oh,
1: great idea. Fucking hell, Shag. What a great way to think I'm about holidaying. Best. Gosh, the- you really are. <laughs> but I pity other podcast go home. I'm like, just do one with Shag. But
0: look, okay, so I do want to go to Reykjavik to try this hot dog. If anyone is from Iceland and has been to Reykjavik and is potentially from Reykjavik, maybe, please tell me all about this hot dog joint. It sounds amazing.
1: Well, you do keep sending me the big, scary data on this podcast, and I do feel like it's a more successful podcast than I expected it to be. <laughs> and so, like, we probably fucking do have some Icelandic people who are like, Shag, can't wait to take you to uh, the set of Charcuterie, which is, you know, Iceland hot dogs." Oh,
0: Charcuterie set <laughs> in Iceland would be sick. All right, okay. So this film starts in Iceland, and mm. before we see anybody, we're in a barn where a herd of horses is spooked by an unknown loudly breathing entity that makes its way inside and there is something singularly unnerving about watching animals freak out to an unknown entity yes because obviously they can't they can't say anything they can't they can't explain what's going on they can just be freaked out and it's 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 a perfectly chilling way to start this, and keep in mind this is done very slowly, very calmly, not a lot of music, very atmospheric, and that's it. Sick. We just we just know that there is some entity breaking into a barn later. Farmer Maria, who is Numi Rapace, who you might know as the original girl with the dragon tattoo from that Swedish sweet series of films.
1: Was there a second? The well, no, because there's
0: the, there's the Swedish version and then there's the David Fincher remake, which had Daniel Craig in it.
1: <sighs> David Fincher. Well, yeah, let's not get too distracted, but he's, a, I think, a bad bloke. <laughs> I think
0: he's a bad
1: person. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a pretty bad <laughs> Look, I bloke. I
0: don't know him, but based on the films he's made, the odds aren't great.
1: <sighs> Go home, David Fincher. All
0: right. So later, Farmer Maria and her husband, Ingvar, are shocked when one of their pregnant sheep now, now keep in mind, what I'm going to tell you isn't revealed into the film until about 30 minutes in. Gives birth to a human-sheep hybrid with a mostly human body and a lamb's head and a right arm. Now, it does not speak. The head has the mannerisms of a lamb, but there are indications that it, it feels love and knows what's going on. Now, to make you understand why this is chilling and why this is seen as a horror film is the fact that this isn't treated like a joke or like something crazily, we- like it is treated as something strange, but basically this calf gives birth. We don't see the calf except for its head, mm. but we see Numi's character, Maria basically take it in a blanket and take it into the house. And we see numerous shots of it sort of in, I guess like, uh, like a, a baby's cot or in a bath, but we just see its head. And there's this, there's this weird element of, like, are they babying this sheep? So but good. maybe 30 minutes in, we realize that it has one sort of sheep. What's it, it's a sheep leg. It has one sheep leg mm. in in the place of an arm, and the rest of it is the body of a young girl.
1: It's just so, I mean, it's such good fundamental horror writing. If we talk about the horror formula, you take something usual, like sheep farmers have a lamb get born. And you make it spooko, fucking eleven out of ten already. I'm having a great and time. And
0: you know what? It's it's mm. it's
1: David Fincher would not would have <laughs> fucked this up. I'm sure. It's a
0: <laughs> but it, it's a really good horror trope that gets used a bit in mm. using the 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 parenthood and the feelings we have as parents as as a as yeah, uh, we're playing on that in in the film's plotting. So like. We both have, like, you know, God, your partner's a vet. Like, we both have, like, rescue pets. Mm. It's not the same as a mm. rescue pet. There's something. It's not about taking home My people.
1: children are not pets. Is this your point? I agree with I that. Think it's, I think
0: it's more like, and, mm. fuck, it, it's so hard. And and I, I really, I, I find this hard daily in, in talking about being a parent to people who potentially aren't parents and not coming across as patronizing. Like hmm. uh, I know that that's how parents often fucking sound and it's awful. And I don't want to sound like that.
1: The ones I don't like are dog owners who are like, yeah, I get parenthood and it's like, <laughs> uh, champion,
0: your fucking dog is
1: not a person. It is a thing. <laughs> it is an item. It is a possession. Oh,
0: no, see, I'm all for, I, I agree. I think there's something sometimes when pet owners, like, I totally get it. And it's like, you you don't, and I'm not trying to be a I dig. get that you think
1: you get it. Yeah, I understand you think you get it. But
0: the, so the the thing that I think is mm. really interesting about parenthood that you don't understand till you have a kid mm. a, as an idea formed in my head recently when I was listening to the most recent Vampire Weekend record, which I think kind of bombed because the lead singer Ezra
1: is that the Harmony Hall one, or has there been one yeah, since? Yeah, so then? it's
0: it's called Father of the Bride, and Ezra Koenig in the album basically sings about being a dad and growing up and that's a hard thing to connect with if you don't understand so i love the record but i kind of also yeah, get same. that people don't connect with it anyway it has a song on it called stranger where the chorus is like things have never been stranger things are going to stay strange i remember life as a stranger but things change and basically he's he's singing about meeting this woman who's now the, the mother of his child the mm. fact that their lives are so different now they used to go out all the time you know he's like a world famous musician used to party all the time, but now he's a bit of a homebody living in like moved from New York, living in LA. And the fact that even though that feels like it would be boring, actually his life is now incredibly strange and it keeps getting stranger because mm. the thing about parenthood is it's constant improvisation. It's constantly new things happening to you, strange things happening to you. And you just have to mm. deal with, because it's a commitment you can't. The, the, mm. the, 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 commit, the moment you, you, this baby is born, it's like you are commit. Yeah. You have to look after it until you die or they die. Like it's, yeah. it's an ingrained commitment. And it's not just, and I'm not talking about like a legal commitment, it's a thing that opens in your brain. And the thing is, yeah,
1: it's just like owning a dog. It's just the same. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But, but I guess my
0: point is, it's like this thing opens in mm. your brain. And all of a sudden, you have to just constantly improvise. Like life is always incredibly strange. And mm. the second part of that is, is that you can't, like you have some measure of control over the sort of person your child is going to be, but you don't have complete control yes. over it. Like both biologically and conditioningly, you have some control, but you don't have complete control. And they might be fucking monsters, but the the love for your children, whether they're monsters or not, is not rational. And thus, no matter what they are, no matter what they do, there's this mm. there's this biological love you have for them that you you can't just get rid of t- because something they do something bad or there's something you know societally wrong with them
1: This is the the unconditional right element of the love. Yes, yes, I'm and, with you. And, and with I guess
0: that's what that is what that is why this film, I think, and, and Peach, I, I feel like you might feel the same way, potentially for me, that's why it resonated so strongly with me. Well, I
1: haven't fucked any lambs, <laughs> so I'm sort but, <laughs> so <if I'm, laughs> but, but when
0: she takes this lamb in, I, I, I kind of get it, and there's this weirdness to it where it's like, I feel very strongly for this mutant lamb-human hybrid. Anyway, so
1: was it the Pixar short where a mum adopts like a bow or a dumpling or something like that? Yes, adopts
0: a dumpling, yeah. Oh, no, it's a bow. It is a bow because it's called bow.
1: Yeah. I I feel like that narrative about parenting, that like desire to care for, to find something to apply the love we all have in our hearts or or many of us are lucky enough to have in our hearts, is a very relatable thing. And, And I shouldn't be so dismissive of the role pets play in lives. But, yeah, like I'm with you of like you see something and be like, yes, I want to love and care for you and protect you and pour my heart and but, soul yeah, into and, you. Yeah, and, and it. I
0: guess and I guess what I'm trying to say, because I, I really don't want to sound patronising mm. or dismissive of like anyone's experience. I guess my point is. And
1: good on pet owners. Good on them. But I guess
0: my point is there is well there is them. this feeling, there is this weird, strange biological bond that you are stuck with mm. the moment you have a child and you just have to constantly improvise. And, and deal with till the end. And that's what this film kind of almost feels like. It feels like it's doing that usual yes. horoscope of my child is the Prince of Darkness, but they're still my child. So, you know, it's Rosemary's baby where she's like, fuck, I've given birth to Satan, but it's also my kid. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to raise We should Satan. do the
1: omen, Jag, as well, because I want to pick your brain on that. I've seen that one. All
0: right. That'll we will, we will do the omen soon. But anyway, mm. okay. So Maria and Ingvar take the hybrid infant in as their own and grow to love her as their own child, naming her Ada after Maria's deceased daughter. So you, you talked about a graveyard in the trailer. They have essentially a baby's room and, you know, baby's stuff in the house. And so when Ada comes along, Ada essentially becomes the replacement for the child.
1: Yeah, this is going past the parental instincts you're referring to. But, 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 it's, it's, yes, but okay. I can
0: see why they're there, and it's so... It's so, like, the complicated feelings you have watching this. This is
1: actually stepping past it. I, I, look, I, I mean, I, you know, the impossible, I- incomparable tragedy of a child passing away before their time, like, is the worst. But then being like, I'll replace it, I'll re- I'll fill this hole in my heart with a fucking weirdo Lovecraftian lamb mutant. <laughs> Like, like that actually don't quite jive with. But
0: them, Peach, but Peach. Here's the thing. Here's why this film is so beautiful, and here's why a 24 yeah, okay. remain the fucking gods of horror. Mm. They make Ada lovable without removing the weirdness.
1: Fuck that! No, like a lamb is lo- like no, that's but, like, uh, a cute, a like a, like lamb, a cute okay, toddler a lamp, mixed with a, a, a cute, cute little by baby probably lamb. Probably is, is cute, right? Put yeah, a yeah. lamb
0: on a kid's body and have it do little things like wear a cardigan outside because it's cold.
1: That's super cute. Or just
0: sort of stand in the doorway at breakfast and for the parents to be like, come on, Ada, I've made toast, and then sort of slowly walk to the table and then try to eat this toast but also eat it with a lamb's face. It's it's weird and creepy, that's, but it also that's, activates that's, that's that instinct. That's actually
1: quite cute. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what no, I mean? No, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I'm having, I'm, I'm having fun. And you
0: just want to look after Ada. You're like, I yep. just need to protect you and love you and raise you.
1: Yeah, man, I'm having the best time. All right. So like everyone, is... need, everyone does need to get around drinking, I really must say.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> responsibly. Um, everyone really needs to get around responsible drinking. And the responsibility is the funnest part of drinking, I find, but really, really responsibly. This is
0: an interesting thing. So sometimes we, d- and look, we don't do traditional advertising, but mm. the rules for alcohol are really difficult because you can't show people drinking alcohol and having fun at the same time. You That's can't right. show alcohol as a vehicle for making the night better. Like you can't be like alcohol's gonna oh, make... what
1: in advertising yeah, or you can't. are we, like, we to... breaching some yeah. weird acma No, but this isn't advertising. Right this
0: isn't advertising. But oh, you have sick, to yeah, gonna... like but there's all these weird rules where you have to just be like beer exists and so <laughs> does partying, but <laughs> 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 maybe they go
1: together
0: Like, you put Like you put it together. We won't, and we will never like- oh, So not... this is
1: why like a beer out will be like I hiked up a mountain. Look how beautiful <laughs> this mountain is. Carbon draft. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be like, oh, yes. okay. Yes. Great. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, all right. nice. Or it can be like beer's delicious, mm-hmm. I think. But it can't be like beer's delicious and it makes me feel good. It can just be like, ooh, the taste of this beer. Nom, nom,
1: nom, nom. <laughs> it's, it's, sorry, I'm having the best time. I'm like, <laughs> should I keep on dropping those jams? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm so down for it. <laughs> all
0: right. Okay. All right. Mm. So they've accepted Ada as their own, but things are very complicated because Mm. Ada has a biological mother who's a sheep that won't leave the house alone and basically just hangs around the house and the bedroom at night just barring, being like, where the fuck's my daughter?
1: That is extremely cool and sick. Right? This is just very good storytelling. Yes.
0: It's probably better me telling it. It's a very slow film. You would be bored as hell.
1: I hope we're like an, we're hour, like an in, hour
0: into the film. Like, okay, good. <laughs> like, I hope
1: we're just approaching the denouement right all now. All right,
0: okay, all right, okay.
1: Where the mum transforms and her like, ribs split open to reveal a demon or something cool.
0: Now, shortly after an incident where Ada goes missing and is later found next to the mother, mm. Maria shoots Ada's mother and buries her body in a shallow, unmarked grave. Because she's like, fuck okay. this, Ada is my daughter, I don't care.
1: Which Let's go. becomes this
0: weird thing where it's like, yes, you treat her as your daughter, but at the same time, you treat your animals. At, to your point, as property, yeah, as livestock, production as cattle, animals, right? on the farm. Which yeah. is which is which is such a but weird. But you dynamic. don't
1: bury a production animal in a grave, so I think that's really interesting. Mm. So if we killed Ada's mum and sold her as mutton, you'd be like, yeah, okay, well that's life. Yeah, I'm having the yeah. man.
0: Horror is the best. Drinking I plus you.
1: spending time with yeah. friends. It's a great combo. <laughs>
0: So, unbeknownst to her, mm. Ingvar's brother, Peter, who arrives at the farmhouse shortly before the killing, witnesses mm. the incident before sleeping in the bar. So, there's this new dynamic with Peter joining because Peter was having an affair with Maria at some point during her marriage with Ingvar. Mm. So, he, whenever Ingvar's not looking, he's basically making sexual advances towards Maria in an attempt to rekindle a past <sighs> affair. But it's also like super disturbed by Ada. So basically Maria and Ingvar live on an Icelandic farm, which could not be more remote. So they have this perfect little family with Ada where it's like no one's going to question them. But Peter shows up and there's some really good scenes where he's basically like, what the fuck (laughs) is going on? And he basically says, that's not a child, that's an animal. Like I understand that it has a human body, but that is an animal. And what you're doing is probably against nature as it's supposed to be. Although nature did birth this. So you can't really say that's against nature because this is, this is a thing that nature gave you.
1: I don't want to get too sidetracked, but Al and I discussed the nature of a, of an affair a couple of weeks ago. And I just can't think of anything worse. Like, can you imagine even just like managing the diary of someone else of being like, yeah, let's have extramarital. Dinner and sex in 10 days' time. (laughs) And let's not tell anyone. Remember what the lie is. The lie is that we're at a fucking conference. So, like it's just like just to fucking fill me with anxiety I'm like oh my fucking god <laughs> like can you like it just strikes me as like the worst idea i mean of it's, any kind
0: it's, yeah you get to an age where it's like can you like not even like having an affair can you imagine starting a relationship again oh my god oh my god <laughs>
1: Imagine like, if I quite like cricket books and horror <laughs> film podcasts. I
0: fart a lot. I'm yeah. really sorry. Like-
1: I didn't used to burp, but the last 18 months or so, burping's a part of my life. It could like- be related to my kombucha consumption. I drink a lot of kombucha. Also, I'm drink. a
0: really bad liar. Adele always says that it's like, if I ever had an affair, I'd come home straight away and be like, sorry, I had an affair, sorry.
1: <laughs> like,
0: <whoops. laughs> Couldn't keep
1: that in. Weird day, weird day, you'll never guess. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, like extramarital affairs. Yeah. Like Almost congrats for the compartmentalizing. You know, you must be really, you must be a person who's able to really live in the moment, like to really, you must be a mindful person who's like, it would be great to enjoy this pleasurable sex right now and not think about the consequences. I just can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> so I'm just like, ah, fuck. But I,
0: but I also think mm. affairs like the ones that are depicted in film mm. happen mostly in film and plays because they're just a great vehicle. For example, in this film, mm. to, to inject some drama and some pictures. yes, it's it's like this. Con- you know, the concept of snuff films, like snuff films, don't really exist as far mm. as we know, but they make a good topic for horror films. The horror films mm. pretend they're more popular than they are. Anyway, all right. Long digression. Yes. So, Ingvar claims the whole situation has given them happiness and is basically like, Peter, you can stay, it's fine, but you can't comment on the way we're living our lives. Increasingly angered and disturbed by Maria and Ingvar's attachment to Ada, Peter takes her on an early morning walk while everyone Fuck is- off, as-
1: Peter. Like, go home. Wait,
0: wait. Takes her on an early morning walk while everyone is asleep with the intention of shooting her. But after having a tearful change of heart, however, he is later seen soundly sleeping with Ada and soon becomes an uncle to her. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, and do you know what I mean? It's like this whole film, like, it feels both beautiful and creepy at the same time. And only horror can do that. Only horror can make you feel warm, but also highly disturbed. I'm with you. So one evening, while Maria, Peter and Ingvar are having a drunken party, Ada witnesses the unknown entity from before near the barn. The entity then proceeds to kill the family's dog before taking the family's gun after the party, A drunk Ingvar goes to bed. Peter makes sexual advances towards Maria once again when she rejects oh, God. It, yeah yeah it's, it's like a, it's a little bit like oh, I don't like this." When she rejects his advances, Peter reveals that he witnessed Maria killing Ada's sheep's mother. Trying to blackmail Maria into having sex with him. Oh by, God! By threatening to reveal this to Ada. Maria pretends to be seduced by Peter in order to lock him in a closet. Oh God. Maria then drives him to the bus stop the next morning and sends him away, insisting she is committed to a new start with her family. Also, that holiday thing where it's like, look, you tried to blackmail me into sex, which I'm pretty sure is. Many rape. crimes at once. But
1: sexualists, yeah. yeah, I guess. I love it I guess like, will
0: you just will let this slide. You oh, think about God. what you've done. Anyway, that's
1: deeply upsetting. It is.
0: But also it's probably something that happens a lot ugh. in the world, right, where I, people are like, how the I fuck do I go maybe to you're principles? right, but fucking
1: like Anyway. Well, I uh, guess that's what male privilege is. Maybe you're right, but ugh, let's change the subject. Yeah, it, <laughs> yes, it is. It's like, well, it does affect me. Yeah, so. it was, yeah <laughs> fuck, that is just awful, and <laughs> I'm sure you're a, right, Jake. Yeah.
0: That is actually true. Male privilege is being like, oh, that's a bummer to think about. Let's yeah. not think about Ooh, it. Oh, that's ever. really tough. Uh, how many cricket books have you read recently? What's your
1: favorite? I a cricket book. After waking
0: up. My to... favorite's
1: probably Gideon Hayes on Morn. That's probably the best book ever.
0: After waking up to find Maria and Peter missing, mm. Ingvar takes Ada to fix the broken tractor. On their way back home. Okay, so this is the end, right? So, like, not a lot has happened in this film. It's all about the tone until now when. This is maybe one of the most shocking scenes I've seen in film history, just for the weirdness of it and just how well it's constructed. Okay.
1: This is what happens. The entity comes back, uses the family's gun to kill mum, holds hands with Ada and walks off into the sunset.
0: You're not 100% wrong. So basically, but this is Ingvar, remember? So Mm. Ingvar wakes up, Maria and Peter are missing. Because she's driving him to the bus stop. Yes. So Ingvar takes Ada to fix their broken tractor. Yes. On their way back home, we finally see the entity, and it's revealed to be this ram-man hybrid. It's naked. It has a ram's head. We don't... There's no explanation for what it is. It kind Mm -hmm. of looks like a demon, but it's not quite a demon. It's more... Sort of Mr.
1: Tumnus kind of... uh... Yeah,
0: they kind of describe it as folk horror, and I think... It fits into some sort of a pagan god rather than a
1: Christian demon, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So this entity appears. Mm. Remember, it stole the gun. It shoots Ingvar in the neck before taking a tearful Ada and walking away with her into the wilderness. Maria returns home and finds that Ingvar and Ada are missing. She searches for the two and discovers Ingvar before he dies and despairs at the loss of her husband and new child. Maria searches the wilderness in vain before closing her tear filled eyes. <laughs> that's the end of Lamb.
1: Ouch. Oh, So M- Maria mourns two deaths one of her actual daughter, one of her pet. That is a joke that is unfair to the relationship with Ada. Shake, that's as you say. It is a film that could only happen in this genre. Mm. Uh, if it happened in the sci fi genre, it would either be a like nuclear wasteland, uh, super bummer, yeah. <laughs> apocalyptic. And if future. it was a comedy,
0: it'd be called like Bad Education or something.
1: <laughs> and maybe heaps of montages
0: of Ada trying on heaps of outfits. And then she tries on wool and she's like, should I be wearing wool?
1: I love that it would be like, is it like Jordan or Kobe the goat? Oh, fucking, is Ada the goat? Am I
0: right?
1: <laughs> My favourite TikToks are really pretty much about how LeBron is really the goat because I'm like, mm-hmm, I agree with no, having never watched a game of basketball. <laughs> oh, cool. Lamb it up. Drink
0: responsibly.
1: Drink um, responsibly. Evil agency. Evil agency. Shag, put something in the end. So fans of Spooko, you know, Peach mentioned it before. Fucking like, you know, he actually... <laughs> a big part of his online marketing strategy is being authentic. And so he's only going to advertise stuff he thinks cool.
0: Also, so thank you, Mitch. I will put my little Mm. promo for Evil Agency at the end. But also, Mm. can I do this too sometimes? Mm. If you're someone who just gets to the outro and then just switches it off before
1: it's over, there's heaps
0: of episodes where I put shit at the end.
1: Fucking don't do that to us. Are you serious? Shag does like sick stuff at the end. Yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. So it's like if you just, as soon as you hear like, This podcast was recorded, blah, 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 and you turn off. There's heaps of episodes where there's fun stuff right after that moment. You (laughs)
1: fucked up badly. With Coffee in the Case Note, people are like, oh, Peach, can I get the case citation for this case you've just done? I'm like, fuck with. I put it literally, like, it takes me ages to put it at the end of literally every single fucking one of, like, you need to click your mouse or, like, slide your finger a tiny bit along rather than send me a DM to be like, remember that case you talked about 18 months ago on some bullshit? It's, like, it's not hard. So listen to the end of this for a bit of info about how the big scary data is going to... Big, scarily data. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh What's up? Warning. The following podcast is harvesting your data.
0: My name is Tom McMullen, and I'm a creative director at a digital advertising agency in Sydney, Australia. According to a poll conducted by Roy Morgan in 2021, advertising professionals are the second least trusted people in Australia. At some point, you have to ask yourself, as the meme says, are we the bad guys? I've decided to hit up key members of the team I work with via video call to find out exactly what agencies like ours do with your data and what agency you have
1: to do something about it. Evil agency, evil agency, evil agency, evil agency. Man, being back at drinking on Spooker is I love your takeaway from Dry
0: July it's how good drinking is it's
1: is. It's the best lesson it's like oh yeah it's like a gratitude exercise for drinking I'm like I'm so grateful to have drinking in my life I think like to me a thinking exercise is if there was an alcohol pill would you take it right and fuck yeah I would 11 out of 10 So I should watch this you should watch this trailer